Hey, Zeke. See? Did you know that today's show is sponsored by CastCartel.com? Maybe. When you're sitting at home at night and it's late, the liquor store is closed, you're bored, you're on the couch, you're like, I'm all out of my Wheatley vodka or I'm all out of my gin. You got to get more. Or maybe it's your whiskey. Whatever it is, CastCartel.com will get it shipped right to your door. They have some store picks, even though it's not a lot. There's some breaking bourbon picks on there. This is not going to be the place you go to get crazy bourbon and crazy whiskey. But if you want some good daily drinkers, be it bourbon, be it gin, be it vodka, tequila, mezcal, whatever it is, go to CastCartel.com. They are changing the industry standard. They're like the Amazon of the spirits industry. You know what that means, Zeke? I know what Amazon is. So you know how Amazon is not the one who's actually doing the selling? They're kind of getting stores. They're a place to bring stores together with the consumer. I mean, I hit this pay button on Amazon.com. Yeah, it goes through Amazon, but there is another store that is actually fulfilling that order. Okay, yes. So that's what Cast Cartel does, so that you can sit on the couch with one hand and order your liquor. One hand, you say? Yeah. Cascartel.com. Follow them on Instagram, cascartel.com, or also follow them on Facebook. Hey, Zeke. What's up, John? How are you? Alive and kicking? I feel like you have something. You feel like it? Do we want to talk about how you posted a story about a hologram sticker Willet and then just pieced out for the rest of the day? I mean, I wouldn't say I pieced out. I would say it was expected. I answered over 200 messages on our Instagram. Well, you also politely posted in Facebook, message Zeke if you want to will it. I felt like you needed to share in the fun. Sharing is not caring in that case. I had already had all of the messages on our Instagram page, our Facebook page. I feel like, you know, the people need to hear from you. Well, there's a will it, there's a way. Everyone, my name is John Edwards, and with me is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. How are you, Zeke Baker? Can't complain. Another fun day in life. I do have to say I recorded with the folks from the Bourbon Road. We released an episode with them on Wednesday. They were very curious about who you are and what you do. Well, so long as you told them, you know, we have an open relationship and... You know, I let you roam from time to time. I can't be with you all the time. <laughs> well, they wondered when you actually are with me, and they theorized that you were a little person that I kept in my pocket and just pulled out whenever I needed to do a show. You should have explained to them that I made the decision to have two kids and not one, and therefore my time was much less limited. That is your decision, <laughs> and we are free to do uh, as we please, right? Well, when it's allowed or available, which diminishes significantly with that second little one uh, pulling <laughs> at the pants leg all the time. <laughs> I am so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to have two of our best friends here as well. How do we say this? Because um, you know how there's rappers now that it's like FKA something, if somebody else had the name and it's formerly known as? You talking about like when... Uh, Two chains used to be Titty Boy back in the day, and now he's like FKA Titty Boy. No, he's Two Chains. Well, it's Two Chains, yeah. But like, <laughs> what about Krispy Kreme? 
<laughs> what is Krispy Kreme? You don't know about Krispy Kreme? No. Like the okay, donut? No. 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 Well, he was We're a rapper, but radical. then like, Krispy Kreme donuts got a little mad, so now he's Froggy Fresh. Froggy Fresh, bro. So he could be FKA Krispy Kreme. Like there's a... a a singer, what does FK stand for? He keeps saying form, this. Formerly known as. Oh. There's people that put in their name now, and their stage name, it's FKA whatever. So if they can't be the name, if you were Zeke, and then somebody said, you can't be Zeke, I'm Zeke, you'd just be FKA Zeke. I'm going to start calling you T-I-M-A John. What's that? Thumb in my ass John. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I didn't do anything to put my thumb in my ass. Some days, I wonder. No. But we have two of our very best friends. You guys know them. They are now J squared barrels because there's two of you. Yes, sir. There's Justin and James. Say hi to the folks. What's going on, guys? How you doing? How's it going? I just want to know if there's going to be a a square angle on any of these barrels that are that are going to show up inevitably because I, I feel like there's not one if I think about it in my mind. Stay tuned. What what barrels are you looking for? I mean, I'm trying in my head think of like a, a square or a right angle on a barrel. There's not many there. You got your own barrel. I don't know. I haven't seen the barrel still, but I have the contents, which is, you know, all that matters at the end of the day. That's a give take. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take the end I ended up with. I want to describe this for everyone because James is sprawled out on the couch right now. He's got the recliner going back. This is typical James Davenport fashion for recording a podcast and Zeke and Justin are sitting up on the stools. So I want to thank you, Justin. We keep Zeke up there so that he'll stay awake. My back hurts. Does it already? Do you want me to switch it with you for the next <clears throat> podcast? No, we're good. I'll suffer. Be careful. If you swap with him, that, that sofa's a black hole, man. He was talking to me, and I was like... <laughs> I'm a terrible car rider. If I'm not driving, position. I fall asleep real quick. So if yeah. you put me on a couch, it could be... Trouble. Same way. I, I go from uh, wide open to immediately just idling. Like, ah, nothing for me to worry about. Might as well shut down for a little while. And Zeke already talked slow, so he started going like this. <laughs> And my edit, you know, so I edited it to make it sound like he was talking fast, but it was rough. From then on, I said, Zeke, I got you a stool. We could still record up here. Eventually, I will get a round table. Justin James, you guys used to work at a liquor store. We don't know what the future holds, but we do know that we're going to talk about it more in depth probably next week. So this is more of a teaser. If you used to go down to Barrels and Brews and see these guys, they're no longer there. You are off doing your own thing, and we will talk about what that thing is and what it means later next week, right? Could be whiskey reviews. Could be whiskey reviews. They could be starting a podcast. You stay tuned for those, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, in fact, it could be one of the you know hand signs or something. <laughs> or maybe or maybe you just type it back and forth, and the conversation pops up on a screen like a happy medium or something. That's what got to if, exist, right? What if they typed it and had the computer say their words? So like the whole episode was just them typing. Only if they could pick like certain voices from different TV shows or something. Yeah, so, real uh, weird, real quick. So, so what cartoon voice uh, would you go with? Literally anything off the cuff. Tally from freaking South Park, man. <laughs> So we've got Tally. Uh, what's your complimentary voice going to be to that, uh, Mr. Davenport? Oh, Justin said he's going with Tally. 
I just like when Cartman and, and Tally fight. He's like, you're stupid. And Tally's like, you're stupid. He's like, you're a towel. You're a towel. I don't know, guys. I'm kind of on the spot right now. <laughs> well, you can go with anything. There's got to be some 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 cartoon uh, character pops in the mind real fast. Um, <laughs> I don't watch cartoon. I don't have kids, guys. You, you watched them when you were a kid. I, I Do you ever watch South Park? Do you watch The Simpsons, Family Guy? I watch a lot of like Married with Children. That's BoJack pretty Horseman. prominent, but that's not yeah. The Jetsons, the Flintstones. See, I'm going. I mean, back I watch South. I watch South Park, but I mean. It's hard to pick a South Park character. I'm going to say... Randy. Yeah, he's Randy. Uh, no, Randy. I was going to say, like, Mr. Garrison. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mr. Hyatt. Because I don't talk like... Uh, yeah, Mr. Oh, no, Garrison. sorry. I, I got confused with Mr. Mackey first. Oh, yeah, Mackey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mackey. So we've got M- M- Mackey and a Tally going back and forth. Uh, cheating is bad, okay? Yeah, Mackey. <laughs> okay. This, this should make for a... Very interesting. I like where this is heading. Zeke's got more of a Cartman personality. You're kind of poking the bear with everyone. So? That's Cartman. Oh. You know, Stan and Kyle are just trying to stay out of everything. You gotta have a little fun. Yeah. I don't, m- maybe James is Butters. Well, you've seen my no, character. You've seen not my Butters character. At all. I have a character already. <laughs> <laughs> Lou, Lou, Lou. I got some apples. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Randy's my favorite character. Randy is Stan's dad is the best. Integrity Farms is a great plot line. If anyone has ever seen the overlogging episode, which is where the internet goes down, that is Randy Marsh at his best. Guys, what we wanted to do, we wanted to tease this longer show we're going to do with you all, but we also figured we should review some whiskey while we're here. Typically, as you guys were store owners you weren't commenting as freely about the whiskey as you would because you were like hey we got to sell this you guys are unencumbered this is a free-flowing conversation and we're going to talk about oak and eden so they sent us and thank you guys for sending this our way they sent us a bourbon inspire and a rye inspire two different whiskeys so one's a bourbon one's a rye the rye is 95.5. Not all of their stuff comes from MGP. A majority of their stuff comes from MGP. Their whiskey is the high rye whiskey mash bill. 60% corn, 36% rye, and 4% malted barley. Most of this is approximately two years old at number three, charred American white oak. But the interesting thing they do is in every single bottle, there is a spire. And that spire has been put in there to age and flavor the whiskey a little bit longer. What they're doing, it's a cut spire. They talk a lot about surface area and how much that spire is actually going to get in there. The spire, like a known term, I'm, I'm not even joking for once. Yeah, I mean, it's a wood spire. Well, for anyone like myself that didn't know what that means or has never heard the term, basically a spiral-shaped piece of wood that's kind of uh, notched out through all four sides. And I would assume the purpose of that is to allow uh, as much of the spire as possible to have contact with the juice inside the bottle. So if I were to look up spire, it is a long tapering object. Yeah, it's a piece of wood that's cut into a spiral. Yeah, and it's a 
cylindrical shaped. It all comes in at 45% ABV, 90 proof. It's about 40 bucks. What do you guys get on this? Zeke, do you want to bat lead off here? Sure. Let's do the bourbon first. All right. Nose is um, it, it's fairly sweet, but almost to the level of sweetness that almost kind of gives away to me at least um, artificial sweeteners to a degree. It, it's just to a level of sweet that I've never gotten in whiskey and even in young whiskey when it's sweet. I think, you know, instead of had those products, corn is sweet in a different way. Regarding palate, to me, it pretty much follows suit a good bit to the nose, a, a light and sweet product. And, you know, knowing it's a younger-ish and, and lighter color, the sweet that comes out, it, you know, it doesn't scream to me corn or, or young whiskey. And it almost kind of reminds me of the way the flavor hits right at the very beginning, buying a piece of cheap bubble gum. The first three times you chew it, you get this, you know, rush of sweetness. And then all of a sudden, eh, I'm going to spit this out and go for more or something. Back end, it got kind of squirrely on me. I, I don't know what it does necessarily, but I, I, I feel like whatever's there just kind of does not really complement the amount of sweet that's on the front end. And you just the commentator and anchor man, you get that uh, whammy. <laughs> whammy. Yeah. What about you? Oh, me? Yeah. I mean, Johnny, yeah. I, I'm surprised you didn't pick Johnny Bravo, by the way, but continue. I'll give you that one. A lot of things that he just alluded to, I get a lot of sweetness on the nose, kind of like this. Um, kind of artificial sweetness as well on the palate it kind of transitions into a little bit thin on my palate for me than what i typically like i applaud them for trying to do something different and kind of complex the profile a little bit with a younger whiskey i just um i don't know if it's got this kind of astringency on the back end that i'm just trying to put my finger on a little bit of greenness but it just um kind of takes away from the naturality from what i'm used to if that makes sense I, I get that. I mean, I think there's anything you're doing with this, with Aspire and, and aging something two years and trying to put something in there, you are trying to artificially speed up aging in some way, shape, or form. You know, some people are using smaller barrels. Some people are using spires. I mean, you look at some places that's actually going to change the, the temperature that's going to happen in a rick, and those are things that happen all the time. I mean, somebody's doing something to try to make it age a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. And I mean, each spire could be different as well. So many different variances per bottle. What, what, kind, of Q, yeah. what kind of QC are they doing to where every single, you know, spire that goes in there, they can, you know, at least have, you know, some kind of 90 to 110% type range of, well, our product yeah. should fall in this window. I mean, from what little you know, I and we know have picked up over the years on wood, can't really just take a piece of wood and cut it. And yeah. those nutrients with this toast and char are going to do this, especially something as small as 750 mLs. I mean, a lot of window for a variance. Yeah, it, exactly. That's just what I think because you get that artificial, yep. not artificial, but you can tell that there's something manipulating it. And, and it, each one could be different. And Even also to the factor, how long is that actually going to sit on the shelf? Like if you've got that product that actually has that oak stave sitting in the barrel or sitting in the bottle, excuse me, on the retail shelf, how will that manipulate to where it changes to? You yeah, know? no, that was the other curve that I can't remember if John mentioned or read about before we went on, but somewhere in the, li- the literature, an article he found, it said, you know, that it was designed to impart flavor for six weeks. And then it kind of. But as long as it's in the juice, I mean, I don't know how it's going to stop imparting flavor. I think about, you know, scotches and. Well, it's only, it's a small, like little stave. So, I mean, there's only so much it could probably take away from it. Or what do you mean? 
I mean, I don't know. I just figured, like, you know, they have a, a second, third, and fourth time used scotch barrel and all the stuff that gets passed around different finishes. I feel like the wood, to some infinite amount, always imparts something. It yep. just it keeps going to some degree. I'd, uh, I, I definitely would have a hard time believing at six weeks it just, I'm done. <laughs> Peace. Well, just so, going to float around in here. <laughs> now, I can allude to this. Like, I don't, I don't know if you uh... – I'm sure we've all had this problem. Like we've had some of these older bottles that actually have the classic cork in the bottle. And I've still got a few that are open and the cork falls in and I've never bothered to filter it out or take it out, but it definitely (laughs) imparts the flavor a little bit. Zeke gets very upset when the cork falls in. I get very upset when somebody snaps a fresh William LaRue Weller. I'm just saying, I mean, it's not my fault. It's a weak ass cork. This sounds personal. Yeah. Sometimes it adds character. Take your it's wrist fine. tension out on other things. I don't know if you knew this, James, but I opened Zeke's William LaRue Weller, and I must have been just, particularly... Just like his hands there, he did this. It didn't go uh, vertical with it. Horizontal pull. No, I went... And it snapped. I, I turned, and then I went to pull up, and when I pulled up... And then literally had the like cork a kid did with his hands stuck in the candy, guard, candy jar look. I mean... I don't even why I hear a funny noise and I just kind of look up across the table and he's like, <laughs> what? I didn't do it. <laughs> now Zeke has taken like, this in your very, hand, son. Don't give me the I didn't do it look. Zeke has taken this very what personally and he needs a lesson in how to move on. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> don't worry. But can't wait till next year's B tax. Speaking of moving on, I feel like there's just something funky in the finish that doesn't move on on this one. I think the front is sweet. Zeke, I agree with you a lot that the nose is sweet, the the beginning of the palate is sweet. There's something towards the back end of the palate on this one that's a little bit funky for me, and I haven't been able to put my finger on it. It's not like a dusty funk. All I get you know, like Justin said, it, it, it's dry, and I, I, I would have to assume that is some nuance from the spire, but it's not expected by any means, and I don't see it you know, tipping its hand until all of a sudden you're just like, well... But it's like an artificial sweetness mm. plus funk at the yep. very tail end of the palate. I get like I a barnyard thing, too. Like, I don't know, like it, this little bit of greenness, like I said earlier, and that made me just that little bit of dryness. I don't know. But the greenness is something that's definitely, it's an earthy, grassy funk, art, but it's a little artificial in the sweetness, too. So that was a little bit interesting on the bourbon for me. Zeke, what about you on the rye? I know you've been See, over there sniffing it. Nose-wise, it's got a you know a strong mint component, a little bit of sweet behind it. it really, kind of reminds me of Wrigley's gum. The amount of sweet that's you know layered behind that initial just you know jolt of a you know spearmint or wintergreen that's in there. Palette-wise, don't really get as much sweet out of that one. You know, definitely pick up that it's a younger rye and has just some kind of strong minty characteristics to it. Not too grassy to me at 90 proof it's not too hot granted are are the staves or the the spires that are in these the same or are they different or do we do we know that much detail well you got to think i mean going back and and i always go back to this the dan gardner episode i mean we don't know if it's tight grain or loose grain on the on the stave i mean one says toasted oak and one says charred so, so if they toast something, it's just a lightly mm-hmm. fired. Is that charred or is this that is one? the charred one? Which, what char level? The, I, don't, I don't get all that out of it. But so it's a char number three on the barrel, 
I know it was Asian initially. Yeah. But not the stave that's inside the bottle. Yeah. As it's just saying charred oak, which I don't get much wood bite bitter or, or anything I would think of from an, an over oaked expression in that one at all. It seemed to impart as much of a flavor variation compared to what came off of the bourbon one. What about you, Mr. Um, Justin? I initially liked the nose on it a little bit better than I did the bourbon, if I had to pick between the two. But still, there's just some kind of lingering artificial thing, as we've already talked about. Very thin on the palate, a little bit of astringency on the back end. If I had to pick between the two, I prefer this one a little bit better than I do the bourbon. But that's just my Baskin Robbins talk on that one. But I, yeah, I like a finish. So still a little bit thin on the palate for me. But if I had to pick between the two, it's still got a good, good little finish. But it's still like on that that last part. It's got that just a little bit of an astringent greenness to it. James, do you concur? He nodded his head. <laughs> just for all you people listening, uh, he nodded his we head. Got, we got the nonverbal concur. I'm with you on preferring the rye over the bourbon. I, I like the spiciness of the rye a little bit more. It's just something funky on the finish for both of them for me. I do think it's unique to try it. They are doing something that's a little bit different, but I've seen Spire's work. On more than one occasion, I mean, look at what Heath Clark's black and tan. Yep. That all started from, you know, putting in a little bit of a stave. It wasn't cut into a spire, but that was putting in a stave in his new make. So, you know, I think it could be something that could be explored a little bit more. One of the things that I find that's interesting about this is the the distillery is actually in Texas, and they don't ship down the barrels until they're ready to actually bottle them because they know that Texas is harsh. So they are aging their whiskeys at the other distilleries, you know, mainly MGP as long as they possibly can, calling it down when they are ready to go ahead and bottle it and then putting that stave or, or the spire in there. I'd be very interested to see what maybe some of the different profile, you know, almost like what Makers does. Yeah. With the private select program, I wonder if you can put different types of spires in here to get a different profile, and could that tweak it a little bit more? It's weird that, honestly, you know, these spires in here, they're trying to get away from it aging too fast down in Texas with the heat, but you almost get something of that nature with the spire being added. Got to be added uh, to the bottle. I'm not saying it's yeah. the same effect, yeah. but it seems like you're you're trying to get that oak too fast like you would get. I would, I would think that maybe the uh, the mindset was that it ages if it sits in Texas and ages their uh, the amount of yield's going to go down dramatically yeah. exactly. than what they're paying for a barrel versus what they're able to it's have for the product. Down. But I wonder too on that finish aspect uh, if it's maybe not just simply the the amount of you know the surface area ratio of just 750 ml to that spire if that's not got to be to me something off that as far as uh, you know, we've had barrels that, you know, a little bit too old and too much oak can show itself in plenty of different ways, whether it be char, bite, dryness, things along those lines. Um, I just wonder if, you know, as the bottle sits and that spire sits in there, if, you know, as that, uh, you know, the, the, the nutrients get sucked out of there, so to speak, all that's left is the burnt part of it. And that's going to make, to me, the finish get kind of Weird. squirrely or funky yeah. somehow. Maybe it needs less spire you know maybe you need a quarter of the size of the spire maybe you even need less right maybe less is more in the spire department here well, i almost wonder reason we haven't recreated the wheel guys 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I wonder too, like, as you alluded to, you know, makers are doing staves. Plenty of the folks are using staves and things and, and they're putting out quality products. Uh, I just wonder why the need for the individual spire in every bottle yeah, as opposed I, to putting a stave in a barrel that would probably yield more consistent results, I would think and hope. At, at least that barrel is going to taste the same, whereas I could see getting three different bottles and – well, A, B, and C, and uh, the label's yeah. the same, but... This was two I mean, shipments ago compared to... This is the single compared, bottle project yeah. to the single barrel project. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the innovation. I just yeah, don't it's see, neat to see... It's neat to see on how it's going to actually affect the product even after it's been bottled, and you throw that extra stave just to give that extra influence to it. I just don't... For me, the naturality, if you were going to do like some kind of spiral stave influence... There's some other stillers that have done kind of the same projects where they actually put it inside the barrel while it's been aging into the barrel. Um, I just think it kind of, it can kind of, like uh, Zeke alluded to, it can get a little bit squirrely with it having aged inside that bottle while it's sitting on shelf life. I am all so, for experimentation absolutely. and I am same, all for trying to push the envelope, but maybe it's one of those things where. They're not putting it into, like you said, Justin, it may be like, hey, when you know you have three weeks left to go in the aging and it's in Indiana, maybe that's when you're putting it in. But here's the other thing I would say. There's been some really good two to three year MGP. Very good. Very good. There's some stuff. I mean, I know somebody's going to say two years, that's young, but there's been, and look at Pinhook with the four year MGP that was phenomenal. Is it a situation where you're kind of jumping the gun and putting this stuff in too soon? Maybe it is something that you just want to kind of roll the dice and put it in the last three weeks in the barrel where the surface area uh, ratio of the, the stave or spiral to, mm-hmm. you know, 50. I mean, it's not 53 gallons at that point, but it's a it's a good amount of well, liquid. Go to, you know, back to quality control, too. Like. Yeah. If it's got my name on it or I'm putting it out, I would want to taste it or somebody taste it before it becomes, you know, final product, quote unquote. And there's no way when you taste it versus what the consumer tastes, it's exactly the same. No, because the final product is going to happen in the bottle. Like to me, that to me, that would be I wouldn't want to give up that kind of control for a product I was putting my namesake on. So I'm going to review this one a little bit differently then. I'm going to say probably A for effort, but the whiskey's more of a C. And that's where I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to buy bar pass or buy bar whatever this. It's more of a, if you're interested in the experiment, go ahead and try this. It's a reasonable price. Point, yeah. Actually. yeah. I mean, at 40 bucks. Yeah. But at the same time, like it, it comes back to climate control. Like, I mean, what if it's, it's in, down the, in Texas, in the it's the a lot longer. You got MGP retail store, you know, three bottles and then, you know. I would like to see what happens if you play with these spires a little bit more. Maybe you need, and repeating myself, but maybe you need a smaller spire. I I think you need to be a little more controlled, like a little bit more controlled aspect of it from the moment it leaves the barrel versus putting a spiral into the barrel, which could, I think, could initially hurt the whiskey as longer it sits on the shelf. The spire in the bottle, opposed to in the barrel. Excuse me, in the bottle. It'd be interesting, too, to see anyone that, you know, happens you know, listen that follows this line, you know, have they bought them and found consistency or literally each time they, they get a batch or a bottle, it's kind of, well, what we got in this one here, you know, just. I'm also one of those guys too, as James alluded to, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I would tend to agree. Zeke, where are you on this one? 
Somebody's going to see it at a bar and think it looks kind of neat. And if they buy it, they may like it. They, they may not. And I would just leave it in the bar simply for that reason. I, I don't think it's something I'm going to pick up. But again, in today's world with plenty of young craft places, there's stuff that I mean you may not even want to get down. So at this price, you're not going to be too mad, but it's nothing on my radar. I want them to allow us to kind of play around and hone it in. Let us be your guinea pigs. Let's try some different stuff. Let's do this together. We're happy to help. Well, you know, once you drink these bottles, then we can get the spires out and get more creative. Yeah, maybe cut it down something. I was thinking of using like one like a blow dart back of your head. Okay. Wow. Anyways, uh, before we end this, I want to let you know that all of the glassware tonight was provided by distilleryproducts.com. You know, Janie over there, Carson, Vicky, the whole staff at distilleryproducts.com is amazing. Please go to them for all your laser etched glassware needs. They have all sorts of different glasses like the Tooth, the Glencairn, the Wee Glencairn. You have the uh, Neat Glass. They are the only place in North America that laser engraves wholesale the Neat Glass. They have the Dram Glass that you would get at Willet. They have flask decanters whatever you need distilleryproducts.com has it justin james thank you guys so much i can't wait to hear what you're going to say for our episode next week where we kind of find out transition that's going on in your guys life and uh new adventure new beginnings see this is where you had that big mix board you could up a little tupac and changes boom <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> Honestly, it's so good. Just like fade out to that. But until then, until then, people can find you at J Squared Barrels on Instagram, right? Yes, sir. Correct. They can find us on Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. They can find us wherever they download their podcasts. We thank Oak and Eden again for sending this our way. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? I also think they may find James lounging on this sofa yours, you know, for a minute or two. He looks pretty cozy. Everybody on Instagram <laughs> sees how cozy he is right now. <laughs> Let me tell you. Where's my pen? Uh, they, they can always find us in good old Nashville, Tennessee, our surrounding areas. Thanks to J Squared. Cheers. Ciao. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>